Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, and I'm joined by John Ronaldo, finally settled into his home, No More Community Center, background noises. How's it going, John? Dude, it's been a busy, busy week. I am so sore from moving boxes and unpacking and trying to get the house settled trying to deal with the kids. Like I haven't shaved in like a week. If you look at I know pe- listeners can't see this, but Chris and Armando, you can see this. I have more facial hair than I've ever had in my life right now. I got to shave. I yeah, have it, to shave today. I, I think you should grow out the beard. No, I mean, you know, like I've, I've been blessed with the beard for 16 years and um, you know, actually, sorry, longer than that, 18 years. And so um, only good can come from uh, John. I can't pull, I'm not cool enough to pull it off like you, man. But aren't you aren't you teaching in a university or teaching some like classes and everything like that? Don't you need that professor beard? And, and... yeah, <laughs> I I can't pull it off. I'm just not hip enough, dude. I'm not a hipster. I'm... Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Just that statement alone <laughs> affirms what you just said. But uh, <laughs> but if if you could see John right now, he would have a huge smile. But nowhere is, his smile is nowhere near as big as our special guest today, uh, John. Why don't you introduce um, our special guest? You've already kind of name dropped him, but uh, yeah, right. why, who, who's joining us? Who's our third amigo today? So I'm super excited about this and the, and the conversation we're going to have today. So we, Chris and I, have invited Armando Cervantes, who is the director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Orange in California to come and be part of our conversation today and talk about uh, Encuentro and the Encuentro process and, and talk about what it is and why parish leaders, why you who are listening to this should care. I'm super excited about this because I think sometimes some of the things that happen on a national level like this sometimes gets missed by people that are on the ground doing a lot of the day-to-day work mm-hmm. in parishes. And so this is a really good conversation. Armando, Armando, I've known you for like, I don't know, at least 10 years, right? Because you oh, started yeah. the Diocese of Orange in 2008, right? When I started. Wow. That's right. Yeah, I celebrated my 10th year as a diocesan director. Oh, hey. That thing. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Armando has also served on the board of directors for the National Federation for Catholic Youth Ministry and mm-hmm. also on the board of directors for La Red. And, and you may explain what La Red is a little bit later as part of this. So, Armando, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. No, um, I'm excited to be with you guys. I'm excited to be with your audience. I, uh, you guys have a, a great vibe, so I just keep smiling after what you guys are saying, and I'm trying to imagine John with a beard. Would he look <laughs> like Chris, or would he not? I would not. Yeah. I would not pull it off. But I have to say, Armando, you may be smiling right now, but I've known you for a long time. You smile all the time, dude, so yeah. it's all good. <laughs> I, I, t- I tend to uh, to enjoy uh, this, you know, this wonderful ministry that I've been called to, and uh, and just enjoy every moment of it, no matter where I'm at. So awesome. that's awesome. That's so, awesome. So Armando, tell us a little bit about Encuentro. What is the Encuentro? Because this is not the first time that uh, we, as a country, have gone through this process. So give us a little background, what it is, a little history. Sure. You know, the, you know, the Encuentro, it's funny because everybody always said, well, why does it say Venquentro? Because there was always a V before the Encuentro. And I'm like, no, no, it's not a V. It's a fifth Encuentro. So this is, the, uh, in some ways, the, the fifth time that the church has done this, what we call this encounter process, right? Right. Uh, and, and this Encuentro really originally began as a, as a grassroots on the ground movement, where Hispanic mm. leaders back in the 70s, I think the first Encuentro was in 1972. So back in the 70s, the Hispanic leadership said, how do we get our voice up to the bishops? 
How do we get our voice up to the church? No one's really listening to us. So they started to gather nationally. They connected, obviously no internet, so you can imagine how crazy that was, but trying to connect uh, right. nationally so that they can raise and lift up their voices, their needs, their concerns to the larger church. Uh, fast forward, right? That was back in 1972. Fast forward to now where the church back in, I, heard, I started hearing about it, Fifth Inquential back in 2016. The church started talking and it wasn't the church at the grassroots level, at the base, it was starting to be the leadership. The right. bishops were saying, hey, when's this next encuentro that you're going to do? We're, we're waiting to hear you guys start gathering and hearing what the needs of the Hispanic Catholic Church is. And so mm. we started moving and mobilizing based on the support yeah. of the leadership. And so thus, the fifth encuentro was born as a not a singular event, which we just celebrated in Texas just a few weeks ago, but rather a, a, uh, a process, a process that had to begin at the parish level and had to be celebrated with people at the parish level, moved on to the diocesan level, moved on to the regional level, and then culminating in what would be the, the, the national fifth inquenture, which is what happened. So most people say, well, you know, you know, how was it? Did you just do this event and that was it? I'm like, no, man, this, this started back in 2017. We started getting materials and started working at our parish levels and doing right. not just, let's talk about Encuentro, people. What do you think Encuentro is? We actually, we, we reflected on the, on the Emmaus story. Okay. Through the Emmaus story, we utilized it for our communities, our leaderships, our new, you know, Hispanic, maybe young people to get engaged. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's learn about Christ. Let's fall in love with Christ. And let's not end it there. Let's go out and share it outside of our churches and hear the voice of Hispanics who have left or who need to come back. And mm. that wealth of knowledge is really kind of the, the beauty of Encuentro because that voice is what started to create this truly Encuentro process, kind of make it come to life. So tell us about the process because I know the, the, the national event that just happened in Dallas in September uh, 2018 was, was not the culminating step, but was the bigger piece. But there were lots of smaller steps along the way at diocesan and regional levels can you kind of uh, share a little bit about how that looked like and how the information from those diocesan gatherings, for instance, all, got all the way to that national event in Dallas? Yeah, so imagine, imagine at the parish level, parish leaders uh, were invited to, to come together and to say, you know what, let's become good facilitators of this process. The bishops have invited us to reflect on Luke chapter 24. We need to reflect mm -hmm. on, the, on the Emmaus story. How did Jesus accompany? Because mm -hmm. what we're going to invite you to do is a company. And it's like, well, who are we accompanying? Well, we're accompanying anybody and everyone that our church should be reaching, people inside our church and people outside of our church. The, the, the leadership, along with our bishops, uh, so the Hispanic leadership nationally, along with our bishops, created this material, uh, a five-week, basically, Bible study. Right. And after each Bible study session, we, were, we had homework to go outside into the streets to go out into our neighborhood, yeah. to just speak to family members and to find out, you know, what are your hopes and dreams yeah. as a Hispanic in the United States? What are your hopes and dreams for the Catholic church? If you left the church, why did you leave the church? So you can imagine after each of these opportunities, we had this wealth of knowledge of people saying, well, I left because of this, or, you know, I, I'm going just to mass, but I'm not really involved in anything else. So mm. already just at the beginning steps, we started to create disciples to go out and share the faith, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Some people would say, all you're talking about is about hopes and dreams. That's it. 
Right. What are the hopes and dreams of people? And from there, let's begin a conversation. But you can imagine after leadership, facilitators, conversations, you had a community to celebrate after these five weeks, and that became the celebration for the parish. Let's come together as a parish and give our pastor this knowledge that we've learned, not just from mm. people inside the church walls, but the people outside. And the celebration at the parish level was a sharing of this wisdom in some ways of the community. Right. And, uh, and that was beautiful. I mean, I think to me, uh, you know, I know the national is great. We have all these cardinals and bishops. I think we had over 127 bishops at the national. Wow. Right? Um, I mean, that was crazy in and of itself, but, yeah. uh, but I cannot stress enough how important that parish level was. Yeah. Right? The national is nothing if it didn't have the voice of that person who went out to their local park and talk to somebody. Yeah. Now, did every, obviously every parish probably did not participate in this, but did every diocese participate in some way, shape or form? Or You know, there was, there, there was 145 dioceses who participated in some way. Okay. 145 dioceses did the diocesan encuentro. So after every parish in my diocese, for example, not every parish, you know, some of the parishes who did the encuentro process, that wisdom and knowledge was then brought to the diocesan level. And we created a diocesan celebration where we brought together all that wisdom to share now with our bishop. And yeah. that same process was then done to the regional level so that we can continue to share those nuggets of wisdom in order to better encounter and accompany those that we're called to minister to. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's really interesting because um, our young adult uh, community just went through that in, during Lent. And in fact, uh, I, so the current parish that I'm at, I've only been at for like 21 months and um, a little bit like, like I'd say six or eight months after I started, uh, uh, this young lady, Anna, came up to me and she's like, hey, we're going to do this Encuentro thing and it's going to be, you know, we're going to go to door to door and knock on people's doors. And I was just like, okay. And I was like, <laughs> what do you need me to do? And she's like, well, we've got this whole plan and everything like that. And I was like, all right, well, what do you need me from me? And she's like, is that okay that we do that? I was like, yeah, go for it. Like, and it's I, I'm embarrassed to admit that I had no real awareness of it until I started working at a parish with um, a significant uh, Hispanic uh, population and uh, very active. And it was beautiful to see the process, uh, just these, these young like men and women in their early to mid 20s, just going door to door. Um, and it's very it's very bilingual. You know, we have um, we have people in our community who don't speak any English, uh, some who actually they're the second generation. Their parents don't speak any uh, English, but they barely know Spanish. And, okay. and, and so it's this awesome kind of group. And yeah, just learning about who we're missing as a parish um, what was, was incredible. It was an incredible learning opportunity. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited now that this is, again, on the national level and, and, and seeing what we're going to be learning about um, just, you know, not to use the the overused term of missionary disciples, but what right. it looks like to, to be out in the community, really uh, reaching out people who uh, have walked away. Yeah. But you know, that was, that was actually what was really cool about it is that, yes, I mean, the theme was missionary disciples, witnesses of God's love, but it wasn't right. a, it wasn't a talk. It wasn't right. a, you just tell you about it. Right. You do it when you can. It was a, let me tell you about it. And by the way, you're expected to go. I remember at the end of the very first session, you had two homework assignments. You could either go talk to someone and get information mm -hmm. or for your introverts who were like, dude, I'm not ready. You just, you just <laughs> met me. Like, and now you're asking me to go talk to someone. It's like, you know what? 
just go observe and tell me where the people are. Mm-hmm. Are they, where do you go? Where do you see people? Do you live by a park, by a mall? Do you hang out at work and see people? Go and find out where are people that you can see, you can pray for, and just start warming you up to the idea that after that second session, now I'm going to go ask you to go talk to someone. Sure. Yeah, but I love that the process challenged uh, all of us. And I include myself in that because sometimes mm. we don't go enough door to door or talking to strangers. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, and so this process definitely challenged the very notion of sometimes our, our missionary discipleshipness uh, yeah. that sometimes gets missed. Yeah. So all this data then gets funneled up to the national. Now we've mentioned regional processes or the regions in, uh, in previously already. And for those who don't know, the United States, uh, all the dioceses are broken up into 14 different regions. So right. uh, your diocese is in one of those regions. So for instance, here in California and Nevada, uh, we're region 11 which is the best region as far as I'm concerned, but I'm not biased at all whatsoever. So, uh, but Armando, tell me then what were some of the major conclusions or action steps that you guys were walking away with after the Dallas national event? So, you know, what ended up happening? I mean, so at the, at the national, you can imagine that there was a, a bringing together, a collating of, of over, I mean, I think that I think the numbers are, and I could be wrong, but I think the numbers were about 250,000 Hispanic uh, leadership were engaged throughout the United States, mm-hmm. right? So if you can imagine that kind of being consolidated into some sort of information, uh, 28 different ministry areas were determined as important uh, during the national level. And you can imagine everything from evangelization and mission uh, to immigration, to intercultural competencies, liturgy, spirituality, migrant ministry, all the way down to focusing on the incarcerated, the youth, mm. the young adults, uh, families. So, you know, topics that were relevant and important that kept coming up over and over again at the parish level, the diocesan level, the regional level. And so with, with over 2,600 delegates in Texas, we divided up with those 28 different areas in order to really kind of highlight with bishops present, how the church can tackle some of these, you know, most uh, most challenging issues sometimes in our church, right? I, I I don't know how many Hispanic moms and parents I heard say, I just don't know how to engage my young person in the faith, and and I'm doing everything I can. I live my faith, but that does just because I'm living it doesn't mean I'm translating it in their language, in the culture that now my son or daughter live in. And so you you saw real life experiences saying. I want an answer because I don't want to lose. Uh, I don't want to see my kids miss out on the love of Jesus that I've seen and witnessed and experienced. Mm-hmm. So were there, so you, you mentioned a lot of different things. Were, were there like two or three? I mean, you mentioned parents passing on faith to their kids. Yeah. You know, that's, <clears throat> that seems to be one area of, oh, for sure. of emphasis. Is there another maybe two or three areas that the national leadership and bishops and people like you are saying, we need to focus in a lot more energy on these two or three items? So th- there were a lot of different highlights. I think, I think the, the second one that was kind of um, spoken a lot about was about formation. How do you make us disciples? How do you truly make us disciples of Christ? We, we know God, we love God, and now we need spaces to truly be disciples because we're not, either we're not formed well enough to feel comfortable enough to go share the faith, or you tell us the basics, but once we get to college, and this is young adults talking, right? Once we get to college, we were not knowledgeable enough. Right. So, right. so I, I'm not saying just, you know, download information, 
but prepare me so that I can be ready because it turns out that I'm not ready. Yes, I'm going through these courses or classes or sacrament preps, but they're not preparing me for what is in store for me in the future. Mm -hmm. And you want me to be missionary disciples, but I I'm not ready. I, I yeah. need more. And, you know, and, you know, we, we kind of, you know, maybe can, can laugh a little and say, well, we have all these, all this knowledge. And it's like, well, are we passing it in the right way? Are we sharing it in the right way? Are right. we offering in the right way? Because it doesn't seem to be. A lot of bishops talked about this during the main stage, um, you know, kind of sharing like, we need to look at our fruits. How are our fruits truly being bared, you know, with a smile? And we're doing this 24-7 because I don't think we sometimes look at fruits. We look right. at numbers. We mm -hmm. look at how many do you have in your program? How many got confirmed? But what about our fruits? Yeah, uh, there was this bishop who actually brought up fruits to the stage and said, this is what I'm looking for. We need to do it every single day, 24 seven, not uh, just the numbers. And I was right. Like, he got a pretty good applause for that. But that, that was a big one as well. Yeah, no, and, and, and you know, it, it, I think that's a that's an issue just across the board, no matter uh, what kind of paradigm you're in. I mean, we look at the numbers and I, lo I love like the fact that we have to look at the fruit. Um, we have to see what is uh, what is happening. Um, speaking of fruit, like where are some bright spots uh, that you guys have seen, um, you know, in result of, you know, the strategy or what Encuentro has, has, has done? Like, what are some of the things that are happening where you guys are getting excited because, um, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing fruit being born. So, you know, in, in the Hispanic church, and in, in you see it in the English-speaking church as well, but in the Hispanic church, a lot of movements mm -hmm. have been very successful in engaging the population, both mm -hmm. families and young people, right? The right. movements are, are this, the, the ecclesial spaces that the church kind of gives, gives an opportunity to, to engage. So uh, a movement like the Charismatic Renewal, Right. right. That, has, that doesn't have just like one retreat and you go on retreat and you're like, OK, now you're a leader because you now just went on retreat. No, it has it has like, you know, a, a beginner's retreat, an intermediate right. retreat, a growth retreat so that mm. not only, yes, you will be expected to lead, but you're not expected to be done. Where is the next follow up so that you can continue to grow? Movements have been a huge bright spot. Uh, the other push that we saw actually from the process of Encuentro is uh, in, in Spanish, the word is protagonista or, or being a protagonist. And the argument is we need to give leadership to anybody and everyone, not just those who are deemed ready, right? right. Sometimes you learn by doing. And, and when we were going out to talk to people outside of our homes about their hopes and dreams and aspirations, they weren't ready to go evangelize, but they could talk and they right. could stare and they could be a friend to someone. And even that basic step, sometimes gets gets thwarted because we're like well you're not quite ready to do that you know that's a that's a me thing i, I have the degree right. i got the theology and and one of the bright spots was young people can be protagonists right where they're at there was a beautiful moment where all there's about a hundred bishops that did a dinner with all anybody who was 30 and under mm. and the young people were there sitting with the bishop talking about young you know the, the youth and the young adult needs and at the end of it, there was a moment of prayer. And of course, the bishops all stood up and prayed for our young church and our young people. But then the roles were reversed. The bishops were asked to stand and the young people were asked to go find a shoulder of a, of a bishop to pray for him. Mm. And, and it was, it, I'm, I'm telling you, probably that was, uh, Colonel Sean O'Malley said that was his favorite moment of Encuentro. Oh, yeah. It, there, was, there was power in our young people praying for our bishops. 
mm. there were some bishops walking out of that like in the verge of tears right because because we don't we don't do that enough right i mean mm -hmm. i mean we we put we you know they're up on stage but but we don't see them in that light we don't pray for them just as much as they need to pray for us and and in some ways the beauty of encuentro was this acknowledgement of we need to do this together yeah yeah right? we we need to come together archbishop gomez closed from los angeles closed uh, the encuentro and he gave us a beautiful image he said he said juan diego saint juan diego was chosen out of anybody in Mexico who could have been chosen, the lowliest of lowliest, a lay person who probably didn't want to go to the bishop to tell him that he had seen an apparition of Mary, right? Wow, but he chose yeah. a lay person to transform the Americas. And he yeah. said to all of us present, you, the lay faithful, are called to transform the church. It's not mm -hmm. just us. And if you don't take that call like St. Juan Diego does, then we are going to miss out mm -hmm. on transforming our entire church. Yeah, That's so great. It's awesome. Hey, uh, a couple of quick demographic questions. Uh, one is, what areas of the country did you find were not overrepresented, but which were well represented, and which areas of the country maybe were a little less represented, underrepresented? I mean, you could probably imagine that we had we had a lot of engagement for your two largest regions or dioceses: California, Nevada, Region Eleven, uh, Texas, Region Ten right, was a huge population, definitely, you know, really big in kind of the coast, coastal areas, Florida, New York, uh, Chicago, a lot of the Midwest is where we kind of had, you know, less engagement. And, and also, there was also less funding available. I mean, mm -hmm. so it wasn't, it was a little bit of the practical reality, too. Uh, people just didn't have a lot of funds to be able to travel. There were some people who, you know, without understanding their migration status that wouldn't even fly. They just drove from wherever just right. to make it mm -hmm. to the Encuentro and to make it to this experience. So, but we saw a lot, definitely a lot of engagement from, from the coast. Some were a little bit smaller and yet, you know, no matter the numbers, you saw them, what was beautiful about the Encuentro is no matter the numbers, you saw them experience the same reality. Yeah. We all came with the same experience of these five scripture based lessons on the Emmaus story and our experience of missioning, of going out and sharing. And mm. that what was, was cool is that you might have done yeah. it in Kansas and I might have done it in, in California, but we had that same experience. Yeah, right? that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Hey, a second question around that is <clears throat> how did, how were leaders, how were non-Hispanic leaders engaged in the process at all? Were they invited? And, and what did that collaboration look like as part of the Encuentro, the entire process, not just right. the national event? You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saddened to say that it wasn't, I think, what it was intended to. I think mm. uh, it, Chris, I think, alluded to it and mentioned it and said uh, the process, the, the materials were in, always in English and Spanish. Every material that was put out by the bishops, by the Encuentro team was done bilingually with the hope of engaging because the process isn't a Hispanic only process. I mean, it's right. an evangelization tool that can right. be used by anybody. Unfortunately, um, even in my diocese, I can I can honestly say and you know, sadly report that I had a lot of Hispanic churches involved and engaged, but the English speaking kind of felt like ah, that's really a Hispanic process. Oh, it's the yeah. fifth encuentro. No, no, but look, it's in English and it's a good evangelization tool. Oh yeah, no, it looks nice, but it's not really for me. Uh, there there was some intentionality at every level to bring. Uh, like in the Diocese of Orange, we brought English speaking youth ministers, especially those and maybe high Hispanic population, so they understood, but it, it was like pulling teeth. It was yeah. a lot harder than I think originally intended. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I can just speak from personal experience. I mean, the church that I, I, I'm a part of now had a, a long history where it was kind of like, yeah, we have a Hispanic population. They have mass 7 p.m. on Saturday nights, uh, but everything else they're not a part of. And uh, fortunately, our new pastor who's been there for a couple of years, um, his associate um, uh, the previous associate was from Colombia. The current one is from Puerto Rico and, uh, they work so well together and we're just bridging that gap and, and something like Encuentro just popping up now has been more of a conversation, not just for the Hispanic community, but for, for the entire church community. And it, it really has like caused us to, um, for example, we have a ministry fair popping up in a couple of weeks and at staff meeting, someone was like, have we talked to the Hispanic, uh, you know, council about like how they're going to be represented. Are we going to have signs in English and in Spanish? Like, you know, like how are we being one church on this? And, um, and really like starting to think of, okay, when we're going to go evangelize, you know, Encuentro, like you said, Armando is not just for the Hispanic community. It is for the church community. It is for all of us and, and learning how to bridge those gaps. And it's great to hear that you guys, that uh, you guys in the orange uh, diocese made that um, effort to, you know, bring, uh, bring, uh, you know, uh, just everyone uh, to Encuentro. I guess, like, what are some other things that we can do in churches to make it not a, you know, Hispanic problem or issue or project or mission in an Anglo one, but like, how can we do it to continue to just, you know, uh, blend it together and work together? Yeah, that was a big conversation uh, in at, at, the, at the National Encuentro. Like, how do we become sometimes better um, better bridge builders, right? There's a phrase in Spanish called gente puente, to be a bridge builder. Mm. How do we become better bridge builders with each other? Because not everyone's ready, right? Some some maybe it's the language that kind of keeps us at bay. Sometimes maybe it's it's the understanding or the lack of understanding, maybe I should say. Uh, I mean, my own experience, I never went to an English speaking mass or an English language mass until I went to college, Mm. right? Because my experience, even though I was here in the United States, even though my church offered English, you know, masses, I just went with my family in Spanish. So right. it wasn't until going to college that I was like, well, I'm going to go to mass that it was like, oh, right. It's not in Spanish. It's in English. Okay. I can do this. I know when to kneel and I know, but it took me a while to learn it. Right. right. I had to find someone and connect and become a bridge builder. It didn't just happen naturally. So a lot of, uh, a lot of conversations during the intercultural competencies was how can we find those bridge people on both sides, mm-hmm. right. Uh, from the, from the English speaking, Vietnamese speaking, Korean speaking, right. so that we can truly work towards being one body of Christ, right? I think Arch, uh, Archbishop Gustavo um, Garcia Sierra from San Antonio, he talked about, we need a common language and right. the Eucharist and the body of Christ and our church needs to be the common language. And so where we sometimes may not see eye to eye, we need to bring it up to the most important aspects because that which unites us will make us stronger. Right, right. And, awesome. and I think there, there is something to be said about some of these common experiences that we need to bring together because without the bridge people and without these common experiences being kind of brought forth, we end up continuing to be silos and right. separating each other. And, and unfortunately, right, I think sometimes hurting each other because I go back to the plight of the mom who's saying, I want my son to be more involved in faith. And I'm like, have you taken him to mass in English? And I know, you know, he just comes with me to my movement. And I'm like, and does he speak more English at school? Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't really speak Spanish at home. I'm like, well, maybe you should start considering youth ministry, right? Because maybe you're one of the reasons why he's not really connecting. Let's Mm -hmm. get him connected to a youth ministry because that may start engaging an aspect of him that you haven't been able to engage. And that's okay because that's what we're supposed to be doing, accompanying each other in different ways. Right. See if Christ accompany him. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I think some, some are doing it well and have, ta- and have talked about uh, at the staff level, having that intercultural competency knowledge and being good bridge builders of everyone, kind of like the people in your staff that are saying, okay, how are we engaging everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then others, it, it's harder. It's a harder step. It takes a little longer. You're, you're just not thinking about it. It's, right. It doesn't come to the forefront of your mind first. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you'll kind of grow in that direction so that you can be a better minister to a company. Yeah. So what, what are the next steps? So now that you've gone through this entire process and you've got some conclusions and some action items, so what are the next steps and how might people in parish ministry engage in those next steps and in this encuentral process? So, you know, I know I said this, that was a culmination was the, uh, the mountaintop experience, I guess you can say, was the national encuentro. But, you know, people, people, what people don't know is it's not over. Right. Uh, this, was, this was the ending and the culmination point with the bishops and with the larger church. But now it needs to trickle down in the same way that it wrote up and now needs to ride back down. So right. the plan is at the regional level, we're supposed to do a gathering of those who want to continue what we have learned and to engage some of these aspects. So mm-hmm. there are, there are um, points, ministerial areas, focuses that we need to, we need to engage at the regional level as, mm-hmm. le- as diocesan leadership. Uh, but then we're going to trickle that down to the diocese to say, okay, we heard a lot of things. There were 28 different ministerial areas. Where do we as the Diocese of Orange want to focus? Right. So I'll give you the example for my diocese. I'm gathering with everyone who was present, not just at the national, because not everyone had the money or the time to go to the national. Anybody who participated at the regional, at the diocesan, are invited to come back to learn, to hear what was, what was talked about, and to really say, okay, some of us are ready to move at the diocesan level. Let's do some diocesan teams and really talk about evangelization in a very missionary-based focused model. Others are going to go back to the parishes and do the same thing. But mm-hmm. the idea is that it's going to start trickling down at every region and diocese in the next few months. Right. Most of us were given the next six months, right? So we have till the end of the year to kind of discuss with our regions what to do. And 2019 is really implementation for the diocese and the parishes. Yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. I mean, you know, we're all, we're, we're all looking for right now. We've, we've gathered at the national level. We've shared all this information. We're supposed to be getting a report from, uh, from the national level that kind of lays it all out, what was said and how it was organized. If you guys know uh, Dr. Ken Johnson Mondragon, he did a he did a great book on um, on Hispanic youth back it's been a while mm. now, probably like five eight years ago now. But um, it was a really good book regarding Hispanic youth. Him and Lynette are doing all the uh, all the compilation of all the data so that great. they can give us a good report. That's what we're going to be using as our base to kind of make sure that it doesn't die, it doesn't end with oh look we did a good thing with a lot of bishops, but that it actually comes back down and gets practical at the parish level. Cool. So, so as we wrap up, one final uh, opportunity here is, is if someone who's listening to the church podcast wants to find out more information, where should they go? Can they get in contact with you and how do they do that? Or what are some other resources that they can find online or wherever where they can get engaged in this process? No, I, I'd be happy to connect with anybody who's interested, who wants to know more, who wants to go deeper. You can also go to the Fifth Enquentro. So it's, it's vencuentro.org. So V-E-N-C-U-E-N-T-R-O, enquentro.org. They have all the materials that we were given for, you know, I was telling you about the five-week sessions. You mm-hmm. can find that on the website. You can download it in English. You can download it in Spanish. If you want to take a look at it and say, hey, 
I can adapt this and use this in my young adult group, my youth group, my whatever group. You can utilize it. I mean, the material is awesome. It can be adapted if you need it to be adapted. But I would say, don't let it die out. I mean, the bishops did a great resource that's free, that sometimes we're hungering for good resources. Here's a five-week session. What I loved about it was we engaged people who were never involved in the church because we would say, hey, it's just five weeks I'm asking. I'm not asking for more. I'm mm. not asking for you to get baptized. I'm just asking for five weeks of your time. Right. You know, it's with me. I'm your friend. So come on over. We're going to have a good time. That's a great resource to have. Obviously, if you want to connect with me, you can look me up. Diocese of Orange has all my information. You could look me up for the Diocese of Orange and look for youth and young adults. You can't miss me. And I'd be happy to walk with you through any of this. But I would say we, we're, we're still in the, in the brink of seeing what transformative experiences are going to come from this. I think bishops were transformed just by the community that we had. I think that those lay leaders were empowered and are moving mm. forward. They're now knocking on my door and saying, hey, when are we meeting? And I'm like, hold on, hold on. I haven't even gotten the report yet. <laughs> yeah. and they're excited to kind of move. Cool. So you have, you have mobilized these mm. 2,600 delegates, these bishops. Whatever comes from here is going to move in some way, shape, or form the church in a different direction. And, and I'm excited yeah. for that. It may just be an impetus. And we may never call it the Enquentro started this, but it doesn't matter. The point is, we are rowing and making the church move based on these conversations and experiences. And for me, hey, that's the Holy Spirit doing what it does best. Awesome. Hey man, that's awesome. awesome. Well, hey, uh, I'm going to link uh, to the websites and, the, and your contact information, Armando, in awesome. our show notes. So certainly if you want to find that information, get that direct link, you can go to thechurchpodcast.org to find out more about those resources. Armando, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. It was okay. educational for me. I have heard a lot about Encuentro over more than a decade, right? But I was never, I've never really been engaged in the process. I didn't really know what it was. And so you educated me a lot too. And I'm just very appreciative of, of all the learning that I got today. Through you. So, <laughs> well, hopefully it wasn't too boring. But no, no, well, no, not no, for no. Me. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we, we could probably spend like another half hour, like talking on the subject for sure. I mean, and it's such a, it's such an incredible movement. And just from the ground level, uh, just seeing how it is transforming our church and uh, bridging so many gaps and healing so many um, wounds that uh, have just occurred over the years. I mean, I think it's a, a beautiful thing. And it, th this is the beauty of the church, right? When the church works together, uh, works as one, uh, then we give glory to God. And so it's awesome. And uh, we just appreciate uh, you coming on and sharing a little bit more and, 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 and maybe even clarifying some things that I don't think people, um, you know, might've known, like John said, he learned some new stuff. I definitely learned some new stuff, but you know, again, people may be hearing in Quencher before being like, Oh, it might be just another program out there, but like, really, this is not a program. It's a movement and it's going to transform the church. That's right. Amen to that. Yeah. Awesome. So Armando, thank you again for joining us. Uh, it's always uh, awesome to have guests on the show. Again, if you guys, uh, will have, uh, uh, on our show notes, um, at the churchpodcast.org ways to connect with Armando, to learn more about Encuentro. Um, if you want to get in touch with John and I, we are on all things social media. Uh, John is at John Ronaldo. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, his website's johnronaldo.com. For me, it's Chris R. Wesley on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you can find me at marathonyouthministry.com as well. And as we close out here today, we close out in prayer. Uh, so let's begin in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, uh, I want to thank you so much for bringing us together uh, 
to talk about in Quentro and talk about this incredible movement that you've placed on the hearts of so many men and women, Lord, uh, a movement that is uh, not just for uh, one group of people, Lord, or uh, not for young people, not for old people, Lord, but it, it's for all of us because it's calling us to do what you've called us to do. And that's to share the gospel, to share the good news, to reach people uh, for Christ, Lord. And God, I, I pray that you continue to fuel us. You continue to lead us and guide us with your spirit. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together. In your name we pray. Amen.